Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Long Live Rock and Roll podcast with myself, Laz Michaelides, and on the screen opposite me, my co-host, Mr. Felipe Amorim. How's it going, bro? All good, man. How's everyone going? Yeah, all good, all good. What have you been up to? Anything special? Nothing special. Same old gigging and teaching. Yeah, you gave and me recording podcast. You gave me your crazy schedule earlier. You've been te- <laughs> your weekends are just teaching and gigging, and it's not it's not like that with breaks, is it? You just straight yeah, no, 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 no breaks from yeah from lessons to gigs, <laughs> and then uh, you know a few hours of sleep, and then start teaching and gigging again. <laughs> rock and roll, yeah. eh? Yeah, like rock and roll, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep, keep your eyes on the road and your hands upon the wheel. <laughs> yeah, but when you live in Soho, you don't need to look at the roads, do you? Uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might get run over by a black card yeah that might be it yeah um excellent well today we are back for another episode uh, another album episode and we are doing an album chosen by felipe we are doing morrison hotel by the doors from 1970 um felipe do you want to kick us off uh first off why did you choose the album uh because i think this album represents the doors better than any other album uh interesting. here's an interesting thing it doesn't have a hit. And yeah, it doesn't, does it? It's interesting, isn't it? Because it, well, sometimes we go for albums that are like um bestsellers or you know, but this is is just iconic, you know. It really, it really represents what they are as a band. And when you listen to it start to finish, it, all the songs are, are well crafted. Yeah. And it's a yeah, it's a proper band album. Uh, it's an album where where they 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 got their shit together. Let's put it like that. <laughs> so uh, uh, Morrison wrote all the lyrics, pretty much, and uh, it's very poetic. And the band just provides the perfect uh, instrumental background for for Morrison's poetry. And I think that's uh, that's the they achieved that in in a level with this album. Then I don't think they they did in any other album. But that's that's my personal point of view. But I think there's lots of their fans who. Uh, who would agree with me and uh, uh think about it i think their most iconic song is roadhouse blues that opens the album well, do you for mean, me it is do you mean ever yeah i think it's the song that most uh, that you know that the bet better defines what they are but it's just it's just not uh a hit not not as much as i'll tell you what it is if you if you play light my fire on the radio, it's just perfect for the radio. Everyone yeah. loves it, but you want to get the crowd shouting and singing along at a gig. You got to play <laughs> Roadhouse Blues. Yeah, I know that by experience. <laughs> you can play Light My Fire at a gig; it works. You play Roadhouse Blues, you get everyone raising their beers and singing along. And they wrote that song as the ultimate bar song. <laughs> they wanted to be like that, and and it is what it is. And I think it it it. it Really shows uh, uh, what their lifestyle was like, and uh, and all the elements of American music that influenced them are very clear in this album. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so the Doors, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, were Jim Morrison on vocals, Robbie Krieger on guitar, Ray Manzarek on keys and backing vocals, and John Densmore on drums. Uh, for this specific album, they had a couple of guest bassists. They had Ray Neapolitan and Lonnie Mack. Um, just a few little bits of info about the album. Uh, obviously, the name is Morrison Hotel. The band is The Doors. Released February 9th, 1970 and recorded November 1969 to January 1970 in Los Angeles. And the typical genres you associate with this, you kind of go blues rock, psychedelia, a bit of R&B as well. Um, it's just over 35 minutes in length. Uh, the label was Electra, and the producer was Paul A. Rothschild. Um you said so, so what happened before this is the the soft parade which is their yeah. previous album so it, they had the same producer yeah. but a complete different direction that's yeah absolutely so the, the soft parade was very it was orchestral wasn't it they were they were they were pushing the boundaries of psychedelia a bit more um they were using orchestral instruments a lot of arrangements but with this album, I think it's, it's the obviousness is that it starts from the first second of the first song is that they go back to their blues rooms, don't they? Exactly. I think that I think the idea was um, they tried to be more commercial, pr- probably with the soft parade, and uh, uh, um, 
this is like probably the, the, the main reason why they wanted to go full on blues rock on this album. They want to know that that's not who we are, you know. Yeah. That's rock and roll, isn't it? Rock and roll is like, what do I really want to do? We talk yeah. about this freedom of writing and performing the way you want, and this is one of the main characteristics of rock and roll. And pop artists, they uh, artists in general, they try to adapt to what's going to sell or what's going to work for wider audiences, which they probably tried with Soft Parade. And um, the hardcore fans were not happy with that. So, And I believe they were not happy. And they just want to, okay, what are we going to do? We are, we are a rock band. We get into the studio and start jamming. Yeah. And they did loads and loads and loads of that. So about oh, really, they, 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 they were getting in, they were doing some jams. Yeah, just jamming, jamming. And they had time for it because they had a 25-day tour cancelled uh, due to uh, Morrison being arrested and going to court. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> his misbehavior was like uh, at his peak uh, um, at the time, so basically, uh, um, because he, well, because all all the the uh, all the the shit that was going on in the media about them, all the uh, uh, trouble with the police and, and all that <laughs> stuff, so they couldn't they couldn't tour. So I think it was a good opportunity to go into studio and try to reconnect with their roots and record a proper blues rock album. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about Jim Morrison's um, his antics. Uh, and his arrest record. Um, you're right, they did have to cancel a 25-day tour. And you know what? Um, they had their albums blacklisted from certain radio stations because Jim Morrison was just so, I don't know, naughty. That's probably a bit of a simple word. So he was cancelled. Yes, yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Before it was cool. Cancel culture back in 1969. Exactly. He was cancelled before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's what it's about. Um what what you know you mentioned something about the lyrics um what are you hearing what is jim morrison trying to portray uh what is he trying to what message is he sending us in these lyrics i think it is his search for his own true self most of the time you know he he talks about love he talks about connecting with people uh but i mean taking from from the first song really uh, the the whole idea of like uh you on the road so you're like you 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 go into a destination. It doesn't mention the destination. It's all about being on the road, right. about his journey, his quest, and uh, you 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 have the same uh, sort of uh, um, theme on that song uh, song Lando, which um which is a, a, a song about um about well basically I think some people say it's about his his dad and his granddad because both were from the navy so the, so he so he's uh, got yeah he's got their history in the family and about like not feeling comfortable if you are on the same and at the same place all the time he wanted to yeah. be on the move so I think it's about that it's about like who am I I want to connect with someone he mentions like you know I want to get married and have kids it, it does say that in some of the songs so it's like it's it's I think he was trying to to figure out what he wanted to do from that point onwards after reaching the peak of his uh, uh, um, like misbehavior, to say the least. <laughs> and and I think it's it's that quest for you know who who am I? What do I want to do with my life? And uh, am I just like stay on the road, or I'm gonna settle down and and have a different life? I think I think that's my interpretation of it. Well, a couple of the songs are about. Uh, I was reading about his girlfriend and the relationship. Yeah. Her name's Pamela Corson, or it was. Um, and tracks eight and nine, The Spy and Queen of the Highway, are apparently both about her and about this relationship. Because I think it was quite a public relationship, from what I've heard. Uh, when I say public, I mean that... There was the, on the media. Always on the media, arguments between them in public. You know, things weren't really good too well, too good in that relationship either. And it's just funny, I mean... The Spy, as a song, is really funny because it's about his girlfriend. That just that if it, I don't feel it's ever imagine imagine writing a song about your girlfriend and calling it The Spy. That that, that just doesn't. That, it <laughs> sounds like confused. a stalker, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but or the other way, it's like maybe he's accusing her of spying. And I just thought it's not a very you know if you were to write a song about you know your wife and I was to write a song about my wife, we'd, we'd call the song love of my life the, the angel of my world you know something like that but is it, but, yeah i th yeah the, the, the spy. spy yeah <laughs> I, I believe yeah i believe uh you know characters like like jim morrison they were they like 
are people who are obsessed with whatever they're doing, obsessed with being an artist, obsessed with the relationship. Yeah. So it's like uh, um, he probably tended to be, he, he had that behavior of like, I want you, I want you now, like, and, and it's like being totally uh, obsessed with the relationship. So I think the spy suits that, uh, um, well, the title of the song suits that sort of behavior. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not healthy, isn't it? It's not. It's, <laughs> I, I, I don't think nothing about his life was healthy. No. And uh, I've watched the movie, but long ago I don't even remember. There's a movie about about them, but uh, I don't know how accurate this movie either, but. Uh, it's it's just like you can hear his voice throughout the the whole album. It's quite rough. Like mm. he, he, he he sounds like he was, he's always singing after a really rough night, <laughs> which <laughs> might true. have been the case. Well, you know, a song. Funny enough, I'd never heard Roadhouse Blues before. So in terms of my experience with the Doors, um, I I love the first album. Mm-hmm. Um, the song "Light My Fire" is phenomenal. I think that's a brilliant song. And then they got another song that I found in. Um, one of those uh, Cornetto trilogy movies, you know, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz and The World's End, uh, British movies from Edgar Wright with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And the last one has my favourite Doors song, undoubtedly, which is called Alabama, the Whiskey Song. Have you heard it? No. No, it's really cool. Go and check it out. It's, it's very, un, it's very unusual. It's very, very, you know, Doors esque, which is actually, you know, one one word that I would associate with the Doors would be unusual, and yeah. I think I hear it in this album quite a lot because Roadhouse Blues. So sorry, we'll go back to that later. In terms of the voice, you're right. His voice is very very free and although it does sound like he's been on a night out it feels you feel like you're getting the full expression from him don't you yeah and roadhouse blues you can hear it it's almost like you know screaming um literally exactly you have him you have that screaming voice in roadhouse blues but you also have kind of a jazzy vibe in the spy and it's it's, it's almost like sinatra in that one so it's it, it it changes a lot and i think in a to a certain extent uh, people might crucify me for this, but uh, he's almost as iconic as Sinatra, in my opinion. It, with, yeah. Without well, the technique, yeah. Sinatra was a much more technical singer with great breathe control, and I, and I, he knew exactly what he was doing technically, and he sounds amazing in every single take of every single song. But uh, Jim Morrison wasn't that as a proper rock singer. I'm just like, if I want to shout on a microphone, I'll do it. Uh, well, but I think- his voice is so iconic, you know. I agree. I think I think you're right. His voice is distinctive. It's unique. And I think what Sinatra is to the world of jazz, Jim Morrison is to the world of rock and roll, you know, um, or certain, certainly, you know, 70s rock. Um, and there's, there's an interesting thing about that, just uh, yeah. to uh, to add to what you said. Uh, imagine a band with such an iconic singer and he he would tend to be so much bigger than the band. But I think they're so good as a unit that that didn't actually happen. You know, Jim yeah. Morrison is, he could be bigger than The Doors, but I think even with the album being called Morrison Hotel, yeah, uh, it's not only him who is like delivering the, the musical quality and they just, you know, they just know exactly what they're doing for every song, the textures they choose for that. Also, some yeah. of the middleweights are completely unpredictable. It's like, where are they going now? <laughs> I, I think I think half of the songs on this album are unpredictable in terms of where they go and the choices they make. I mean, Roadhouse Blues, you said, it, it's a very famous one. I'd never heard it before. Um, and it was fine and it was good. But when I hear The Doors, I think unusual. I think quirky i think different direction roadhouse blues great song but it's just a blues uh it's just you know, a, but I, I i think it's all about the lyrics of that one that exactly exactly and that's what the differentiation is that's what sets it apart whereas as soon as you get into that next track waiting for the sun straight <laughs> away that I, I was like right this is the doors that i know and then to <laughs> an extent like- love because there is an element of their music i love it's just so quirky and unusual and it's the parts like you know in the verse, um, I'm trying to remember, remember how it goes. He goes, uh, and then there's that guitar game, which is so unusual for a guitar to just be doing that. And then you've yeah. got at the end of a verse that heavy hard rock section, 
I'm yeah. for the sex. Like, exactly. That, that, that like, uh, yeah, that heavy riff that happens all the time during the song. Imagine that that could easily be replaced by orchestral sounds, and that would make the Good song point. slightly more commercial. Yeah. And that's exactly what they tell Bam, 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 bam. That thing could be done by by an orchestra or, or, or you know. Or, Great point. But they, they were like, no, 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 this is this is like a, a five-piece band. I say a five-piece because you have a singer, you have the guitar player, the, the drummer, uh, the, the keyboard player, but you have bass. Now, there's this like uh, misconception that the doors, oh, they don't, they don't, they don't have bass. No, they don't yeah. have a bass player as a member of the band. All tracks have bass. Yes. You yeah. know, especially in this album. And the bass is essential to the album. So that's one thing that has to be mentioned. You know, it's not that they have the keyboard player doing the bass. No, they have a bassist in every track and it's essential to the groove. One thing I think it connects uh, connects the whole album and all the songs is the the swing vibe that they have in every single song. Even when they play straight, they swing a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so, you're right. That's, that comes from jazz and blues. Okay. So those roots, what I what I think is like, uh, uh, um, they've managed to capture the essence of American popular music. Although they were doing yeah. stuff that's rock and roll is weird, is unpredictable. What it keeps the album, uh, uh, um, what holds it together uh, and makes the album a unit for me, like not like just a collection of songs, is the swing vibe and the groove, which is totally connected to jazz and blues, which mm. is like that's that's American music, really. That is so. I think. I think. Yeah. So the thing about Roadhouse Blues, uh, and I, I'm. It's interesting that you didn't know that. So that song's such an epic song in in the in, in the rock community. But it's like, you know, you're much younger than me, so. <laughs> so is I, it, it's is funny. It their song? It's like loads of. Um, sorry, sorry I said, is it their song? Yeah, yeah. So it's that. not like a traditional blues song that they. No, cut. no, no. It's their song, but it's based on traditional blues songs. So I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk a little bit about this because this yeah, song. Yeah, good, I good, think. Good. Uh, is I don't think is the uh, uh, the opening track uh, by chance. I think they they actually in, intended to show uh, the direction the band was taking okay. right from the first bar. Yeah, and as I said, they they did discuss uh, the possibility of writing the ultimate bar song, and I think they achieved it. Yeah. If if you you know if you play that song, I, I, funny or not, last Saturday I played the pub gig and we've played that song, and you just see people mm-hmm. raising their glasses. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I woke up this morning, got myself a beer. Like, <laughs> I mean, how rock and roll is that? <laughs> I mean, there you go. <laughs> First thing you do, yeah, wake up, pour a pint, and then you saw it. That's you know, shall we put that on the uh, how rock and roll is that uh, segment? And and uh, let's do it. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give you're gonna give me a. a, a Great. Well, I want you to do. You rate it. Oh no, man, it's difficult. We, we, oh, man, wake, waking up in the morning, grabbing a beer. God, I haven't done that in ages. I'm drinking coffee, so I'm not. I'm not. And uh, you're and you're a proper musician, so exactly. But if I, you're not I'm having not a beer rock and roll enough, com- you know, I'm not that rock and roll compared to. to what we're we saying, a solid eighty-five, right? Because beer it's, is not a nice drink to start your day off with, is it? I exactly. Mean, it's not, not everyone's it's not fun. A, it's not meant to be fun. <laughs> no, no, but not everyone's a fan of coffee. But everyone can have a cup of tea, surely. <laughs> um, but a beer, yeah, that is a solid eighty-five. We'll give that an eighty-five. Yeah, eighty-five. Morrison, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So again, about the about the song. So uh, the the elements they they chose to put in the song, like an opening shuffle. Riff, bum, bum, bum. We have that vibe of uh, shuffle, which is that's blues. I'm yeah. telling you, I'm playing a blues riff, starting from the guitar. Very typical, as not unpredictable at all. Very predictable, yeah. very basic. And then you have the drums, you know, uh, joining the, the the riff right from the beginning. And you have a harmonica solo, uh, you know. And I think just that intro, when the piano comes in, you have the piano, the bass, drums, everyone playing that shuffle riff. That intro in itself contains all elements of American popular music, all that's relevant about it right there, you know. So uh, uh, it does make me want to open a a bottle of beer and hit the road (laughs) when I listen to that song. It's like, yeah, this this is what it is. It's Um, a great opening track. 
Yes, and there's a great use of dynamics. They always go down for the vocals to start. And that shows, it really shows what the band is. And he, when he starts to shout, the bands follow him. You see, he is the leader. Jim Morrison is the leader in a certain way. But you see how much how how the band is is it reacts to the vocals inst- yeah. like it, it, like really quickly and and they just make the song work really. Uh, an interesting point, I mean, uh, um, is that he he used to get drunk and start singing old blues songs when really? they were jamming and rehearsing, and it, so that song comes from this. So you know he was drunk oh, singing old blues songs, and this song is inspired by that, and. I think the line in the lyrics that describes what he was looking for or, or, or describes uh, uh, um, his feelings at the time, because you yeah. asked me this and I was kind of, oh, I don't know, how, how do, you know, how do I, how do I describe what, what the lyrics is all about? So I think there's a line here, which is right at the end of the song, the future is uncertain and the end is always near. And think about the fact that he wrote this about a year before he died. Yeah, so, so I think he knew he knew he was going in a in a uh, um, in a path that could lead to his death. You know, yeah, really, like he embraced it, isn't it? It's almost like that, you know. But it's like that; those lyrics are in the same song where he started it by saying, "Wake up in the morning and grab a beer," which means that you know this is the lifestyle he was used to, wasn't it? And that would kill him, yeah. and he knew. Yeah, apparently, he knew. Jeez. The end is always near. I mean, how near is that? You know. Yeah. The there there is an overriding, subtle in places blues feel to the whole album, isn't there? The yeah. song "You Make Me Real" is a blues. Um, the the spy. Now, whilst we said the elements of it, you know, uh, you've got you know in mood, it's quite psychedelic. But the the the, pro- the progression and the chord movement that's quite bluesy. Um, They've gone back to their roots. We said this about the blues. Is this where you feel they're at their best? I think so. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I'm a big fan of 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 hit songs. Yeah, I am. I'm not. I'm not that kind of guy who I'm going to look for the like um, the the most obscure like album with the songs that no one likes and yeah. stuff. No, I, I like. I like. Start, you know, if I if I want to listen to a band I never heard before, I'm going to start for the best-selling album, and I like to try to understand why a song becomes a hit, yeah, and why everyone can relate to a song. And I love hit songs, and this one is 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 a hit album without a hit song, (laughs) which makes it special. I mean, they charted really well uh, in in the UK. I think. Let me check here. I have the number. I've got it. Yeah. Twelve in the UK, yeah, it was number four on on, uh, on Billboard in America, which is really good, and number twelve in the UK, which is the best they ever done in the UK. Think yeah. about it. The UK was doing, you know, all that classic rock vibe at the time, and for them to connect with the British audience at that time, it means for me, it means a lot. It means that they actually achieved, That's a big deal. yeah, they achieved the sound that that that. Um, that could uh, be more successful overseas, uh, but it's it, that's it. Is the overall sound? Is the overall vibe? The groove? The styles? The mixing? Uh, going back to the roots, all those elements combined made the album uh, really good. It's not, it's, and it's not like, and it's not a song or two. It's for me, it is the album. It's, it's, it's you just mentioned you make me real. That song was a single, and didn't actually make it to the charts. So it failed as a single. <laughs> <laughs> so, but does, really? did it did it fail as a composition? I don't think so. That, that and that's rock and roll. That song is not too bluesy or jazzy or, yeah. or psychedelic. That's rock and roll. You have the piano and drums proper, like the, the, the there's a, a you know the drums playing the toms and snare, uh, keeping the groove. So it's proper like old old school rock and roll. Proper rock guitar solo. You have all those those elements in there. Uh, although not. Not a like successful uh, single. It didn't didn't charge the way they wanted yeah. to, or if they wanted to. <clears throat> it's it's funny because in a, it spread in a, in amongst all this bluesiness and all this rock and roll bass that we're hearing, we are hearing, as you said, lots of psychedelia, 
and lots yeah. of other American traditional music, R&B, you know, there's gospel elements I hear as well, you know, Ship of Fools, the gospel, um, yeah. you know, the call and response. Yeah. It's so gospel isn't it? I loved it. But even in that song, and and in in the whole album, there is a underlying. What am I trying to say? There isn't. They're, they're always surprising you with the direction they're taking the chord progressions in, and I love that. It's my favorite thing about the Doors. I said in you know waiting for the sun. Um, oh no, not that one. Um, well, Ship of Fools has it. Land Ho as well. The Spy. Uh, Queen of the Highway was the best one because it just following traditional what were we going to call it American pop American blues American rock music it doesn't stick to what you should do in terms of where the chord should go you know a certain jazz blues or music or, or classical music theory are all tend to be in agreement whilst jazz is a lot more complex and, and classical music is a lot more rigid and blues is probably a lot more um free, free. they all generally have the same ideas uh, after you play a chord five in the key, you resolve it to chord one. That's that's unanimous across them all. So, but you know, as the a drummer, are just I never pay attention to the chords. Would you say? <laughs> as a drummer, I never pay attention to the chords. No, no, exactly. But, uh, uh, so, but you notice that it's very unusual. Like the chord progressions don't tend to go to the normal well, two you, five ones or one four five. Yeah, if you listen to anyone, I mean, American or not, Beatles, Beach Boys, Credence, their whilst their music is unique and different it still tends to follow the same harmonic and chord progression patterns that we'd expect. Whereas the Doors, through all of their music, I mean, I mean, all that I've heard, but particularly in this album, it just does not go where you expect it to. And I think Queen of the Highway is a great, um, a great um, signifier of that. It is. And I think one thing that just crossed my mind is, um, even when they use elements of traditional American music, what is totally not traditional is the lyrics, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I think, like, because it, it's some of them are quite simple in this album. They short yeah. lyrics, most of them really short and straight to the point, but very poetic. Yeah. And it's not definitely nothing that you, you've you heard before in, no. in, pop, in pop music. The lyrics are not uh, uh, um, traditional by, by any sense, and they're not predictable. They, they are not the usual stuff that people write. So um, maybe that's what makes the band uh, uh, play in a, in a, in a, in a different way. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's what leads the band to, uh, uh, to different directions that other bands wouldn't go. Cause they like, well, listen to this. We, we're here to provide the instrumental background to that level of poetry. We just can't play something, uh, uh, normal <laughs> well that's yeah it's really that's it. you say that because it's really funny because track eight the spy now i've written dark doomy intro distort the guitars and that could be a black sabbath intro wow just, just and i'm talking the first five seconds but i don't think that matters yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying the whole song is like, you know, could be a Sabbath song, but just the intro. And that yeah. got me thinking because, A, it's the same year, uh, it's even the same month. Hold on. Which one? Feb 9th. This came out four days before Black Sabbath's first album. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so Black Sabbath's first album, The Birth of Heavy Metal, February 13th, 1970, and The Doors, Morrison Hotel, four days earlier. Well, um, they, were, they were as heavy as you can be with keyboards, right? <laughs> exactly. But that's the point, man. That's exactly what I'm saying. You, you've got this heaviness. I mean, we said it in Waiting for the Sun. Yeah, that's so good. Taking elements everywhere we hear them. I mean, I, I've mentioned them um, a few minutes ago, but this this album as a whole, yeah, l- less so in some songs than others. But I hear serious Credence Clearwater revival. Oh wow! Attitude, That's... maybe you know, um, Land Ho. It's almost got that country vibe, isn't it? Yeah, Land Ho. There's, there's, there's uh, yeah, it does. There's, there's a marching snare in that song, so it's, 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 it's you know. It's very, very much like a folk song somehow. Yeah, I've I've written. I, I put and the reference to the navy. Right in it. 
train beat in the verses. It's like Bramble. a train beat on his neck, yes. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something between a, a, a marching's neck and a train beat, which is country music, you know. Uh, but he, he, uh, and there's a well, some people call to say there's a skiffle uh, uh, beat, which yeah. is what bands in England were, were doing at the time, right? Uh, and maybe without a drum kit, just playing with washboards and stuff like that. Yeah. So the drum groove that it it it. it it relates to that kind of uh, New Orleans or country or skiffle. It's like very like uh, um, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's the root of of American groove and and even British rock groove as well. Mm. Um, and and that Lundholt is uh, um, it 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 does talk a lot about freedom, isn't it? Like, I don't want to be here, and I, I'm not. I, I, I'm not suitable for this life to be in the same place. No, I don't want to be in the land. And yeah. Lanho is what uh, sailors say when they see the land after yeah. after months on the sea. But you know, but they don't want to be there for too long. You know, they, they want to <laughs> sail again. So as yeah. I said, his his dad and his granddad were the navy. So that that's uh, and that song again is is another one with an unpredictable middleweight. It's like where where are they going now? Uh, it, it's which happens going back to Queen of the Highway. Um, there's an interesting thing there. The song is very groovy, but it's kind of a straight groove. Yeah. And it changes to a shuffle middleweight with no vocals. It's not <laughs> an intro again, because, yeah. and it happens just once. It's, it's a proper like middleweight, but instrumental and with a different groove. And then just goes back to the same vibe. That So, Although the structures of the songs have things you expect, you know, intro, chorus, verse, and then middleweight, well, the middleweights are insane. Yeah. They're like, what is this? It, it, it sounds like they, they pick it from another song and just, you know, check it in there, like, oh, that's it. so unconventional, aren't they? Yeah, it surprises you. So when you think, you're just like, I was listening to the album, uh, and it's like, I'm like, you know, kind of grooving with the album, moving my body, shaking my head. And out of the blue, you stop dancing because you're like, what? what? What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> where are you guys going? Come back. <laughs> That's a good point. It's a good point. I love that. But the whole—I mean, we've said it before. The whole album, while it doesn't, it's not an album full of blues bar songs. It's not an yeah. album full of pop songs. It's not an album full of psychedelic songs. It just takes everything, doesn't it? You know, Queen of the Highway, the verse drumming and the organ. I found it to be so R and B. It's groovy, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Groovy. That could be kind of a Motown groove if they. Yeah, exactly. To. And yeah. Uh, track ten, Indian Summer. Did that remind yeah. you of anything? Um. It reminded me of uh, listen to what the flower <laughs> people say. Spinal tap. <laughs> the yeah. spinal tap one. Uh, but it, this is a funny one, Indian Summer, because it was recorded in 1966 for the yeah. the Doors album, and it was yeah. never used. Um, you've got that Indian feel to it in the intro, which you know, obviously, I had to have come from the Beatles doing their thing in yeah. in Revolver. Uh, he said, um, so, so it was re- recorded in in '66, uh, but here's a piece of information here: uh, it was written in 1965. Was the first song they've ever written. Wow! But they decided to not record it at the time, and then when they were like talking about going back to their roots. They say, yeah, let's record the first song we ever written. But that's funny. That's the roots of the band. But they wrote it in '65 and didn't use yeah. it for the first album. Yeah. Recorded it. Oh no, no. So, 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 yeah. So they did record it. But yeah, you're right. They just they recorded it, but it. didn't use it. Yeah. Yeah. Said this. This is not what the Doors album is going for. Let's keep this one in the bank. But it's very psychedelic. That one, and I like it. And I mean, the psychedelic theme. It's it's one that is always linked to the Doors, and I think for good reason because. It's little, th- you know, psych- psychedelia and psychedelic is, uh, as a term in music, is really interesting because it can mean several things. It's not like there's a definitive, oh, okay, well, this music is psychedelic because it uses this. I, I think that the Doors do a fantastic job in moving about the psychedelic meter of it. You know, um, well, yeah, I, I think I think th- th- this. I think they don't take themselves too seriously. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they're trying. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, in the spy, like, yes, you know, in sometimes the spy, I think psychedelic music, people are playing like, you know, are we doing this? 
this yeah. super cool thing you know listen to me like this is like there's you don't understand what we're doing but we know what we're doing like there's a bit so you know but they, they're not like that they don't take themselves very seriously i just want to mention like a uh, ship of fools for me the lyrics are a piss take of the human race like is a downfall of the human race like yeah that's it you know board the ship like we all you know that it, it's fun you know yeah so then they're not they're not like uh trying to be cool <laughs> yeah anyway, that's it what you were saying I no 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 it's all good i was just saying about the psychedelia side of it you know but, but you know it goes to what you're saying about the lyrics you know the spy for me that is psychedelic in mood and attitude yeah whereas you know that that's not you, you can't pinpoint that and say okay well it's the drums that are psychedelic you know it, it's just how it makes me feel the, the um, spy the spy for me is like a mafia movie soundtrack that's all yes like. exactly Exactly, the drums yeah. playing brushes, you know. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very taxi driver esque. Um, <laughs> and the same thing, you know, I mentioned it earlier about the, the where the chords go and how unusual. Um, it doesn't ever expect ever go where you expect it to uh, in Ship of Fools, in my opinion. Yeah, and I thought that was psychedelic. Um, my fa- oh, my favorite song. I was going to say this and ask and ask you um, your favorite, and then tell you mine. All right, Blue Sunday. Ooh. My goodness man what that song that what is song. that is one of those songs that has hit me so emotionally um I, I heard it you know i listened to the album and i i was really enjoying it and then blue sunday came on and i i shit you not i listened to it six times in a row and then went on and finished the rest of the album because it's too short. I wanted a whole nother verse. I wanted the guitar solo. You know, I'm joking about that. I love it how it is. But for me, the psychedelic, this is this Blue Sunday, funnily enough, although it doesn't share the same energy as Peace Frog, Ship of Falls, Roadhouse Blues, what it does for me is it is the perfect amalgamation of the doors taking from everywhere. You've got the psychedelia in the form of the keyboards and the organs, you've got the R&B in everything else, the drums, his vocals, uh, and the score changes as well. They're just beautifully soft, but they're so haunting. And his vocal performance, I mean, you know, does it stand out compared to what we said to Bono on the Joshua Tree? Technically not, but that song made me feel something in my heart that I'm not going to forget. You know, it, it has instantly become... Uh, I'm not going to say one of my favourite ever songs, but I absolutely love it, and I've listened to it non-stop since we've been since, since we planned this album. Just fantastic. And that's that's. I think there's a difference between singing and doing a vocal performance, which yeah. is what Jim Morrison does in that yeah. song. He is yeah. interpreting the lyrics, and he's singing with all his heart, and it it does that throughout the whole album. That song has made me more emotional. And you see, you can, it's almost like you can hear his his dilemmas and his suffering and, and his struggle through the tone of his voice in, a, in, every, in, every, in every song. It's Even really when the funny. songs are happy, you know. It's really funny you say that, and I completely agree with you, but isn't it also funny how we said the same thing about Bono on the yeah. U2 episode, yeah. but he is obviously singing. Yeah, because the lyrics his, are more direct, isn't it? Yeah, and putting his emotion into a long-held note, whereas Jim Morrison's doing exactly the same, but, sorry, it, the result is the same with feeling his emotions, but he's he's executing it in a different way. It's much more spoken. It's much softer. It's less of, like you said, it's less singing, and it's more of just a, a soft vocal spoken word kind of thing. It sounds to me like he's not trying to cause an impression. It's just yeah. like, you know, this is what I am. Right you know, music. Yeah. It's like he's talking to you, right? Yeah. I'm here. I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm, I'm showing my feelings and my emotions without trying uh, to pretend I'm doing something else. That's what it is. And I think uh, um, I've mentioned the the, um, the verse where he says, "You know, the end is always near." So you have that self-destructive behavior uh, expressed in the lyrics right at the beginning of the album. But yeah. in, on Queen of the Highway, he said. He says, soon to have offspring. So he was thinking about, you know, we're going to get, we're getting married. Because he 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 ended up uh, marrying her, so the, the, uh, his girlfriend at the time. And and he's, you know, considering to, like, you know, we should have kids, we should have a family. And so it's, it's a conflict between, I just want to keep going like this until I kill myself, or I want to have a peaceful 
life with a family. So is a man who doesn't know where he's going. But that's an incredible you know, point, man. Yeah, no, I agree yeah. with you. That's I didn't think about that. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um. So for a lot of people, this was a return to form for the Doors. Um, have you listened to Soft Parade? I mean, I haven't. What did you think? Is oh, it in- long ago, man. I just, I just can't. I, I wouldn't make a comment. What is it? Is, it? is it just a bit too conventional? Just not yeah, they, enough. They, it's like uh, they were led by the producer. You know, like right. the, so the producer was like, "No, we're going to do this because this is going to sell. This is going to work." And I think after all the uh, all the events and all the uh, you know Jim Morrison being arrested and all that stuff. You're like, now nah, this is, you know, we are rock band. You know? yeah. it's, it's, it's almost like maybe they thought that would be the end of the band and they wouldn't last for too long. Yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. Um, but, and they're like, so, you know what? Let's do what we want to do because we, we don't know if it's going to work anyway. Yeah. So, and well, I, I think that the interesting thing is like, uh, again, it's not a song or another. It's a consistently good album, start to finish, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't skip a song. No, I agree with you, actually. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people seem to agree. I mean, the critics, I mean, check this out. A month after it was released, it was certified gold. So it sold a lot. 650,000 copies sold in the first 10 days. Um, and check out, these are some critics that were around at the time that wrote about it. This is Dave March from Cream. Um, he said, it's the most horrifying rock and roll I've ever heard. When they're good, <laughs> they're unbeatable. Um, Rock Magazine said, without a doubt, their ballsiest and best album to date. And Circus said, possibly the best album yet. Good, hard, evil rock and one of the best albums of the decade. So they made a mark with this album. Yeah, evil rock. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? They made a mark with this album, didn't they? And, you know, I think that's... It's kind of like inadvertently that seems like it was... That was the aim. It seemed like they wanted to come and make a mark on rock and roll by just being themselves. And yeah. this is what people are understanding. How how, how amazing, right? Yeah, like, exactly. And, and, and I think, the uh, again, the fact that it's a hit album without a hit song says a lot yeah, about the quality of the band. It's so cool when you think you know, it. Yeah, it's the quality of the band. It's, it's an album. Uh, one interesting thing is, like, uh, uh, even the, the album cover is really rock and roll because they yeah. found this hotel called Morrison Hotel. So, oh, what a, what a great place to take a picture for the album cover. But they did not let them do it. It's, no, you know, you guys are not going to take a picture here. So when the guy who was working at the re- reception left to do something or went to the toilet, whatever, so they run into the hotel and <laughs> took the picture and fucked off. Is that true? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and they took another picture. I think it's in in, in the album sleeve and uh, in front of Hard Rock Cafe. So that you have the two sides: the Morrison Hotel and the Hard Rock Cafe. So you got ah. the well. Uh, yeah, th- th- those were the two names of the albums, wasn't it? Yes. Once it was either going to be called Hard Rock Cafe or Morrison Hotel. Exactly. You know, there is such a charm about it being called Morrison Hotel, isn't there? Yeah. Because and it goes back to something you said earlier. If this was put put it this way. I'm going to use this example again because I think it's really good how we've got these two separate vocalists who are achieving the same thing but completely different. Bono, if we had listened to the Joshua Tree and it was called Bono's Tree, whatever. Yeah. How because of what Bono is doing on that album, we'd look at that and we go, "Well, that's a little arrogant, isn't it?" Yeah. He's singing, he's been belting notes throughout the whole album. He's singing melodies that make us feel emotional. And he's called the album Bono's Tree. Well, that's a little self-indulgent, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. because Morrison is so, his performance is so understated on this album, isn't it? Because yeah. he is just doing what the music needs and what the And everything needs. he does blends perfectly with the instrumentals which is why the name morrison hotel doesn't sound self-indulgent does it it doesn't and it's a real <laughs> place and i think yeah. and again how spontaneous is the whole shit oh like yeah. look at that let's take a picture because that's yeah. the, that is that's and I, maybe, maybe the picture i don't know maybe the picture came before the name you know it was oh yeah we don't know, I don't know, you don't know. Uh, but it's just like yeah it doesn't sound uh, uh arrogant at all because I think he wasn't trying, and I, I will insist on this. They were not trying to do anything. Yeah, you know, just yeah. doing this. This is our sound. You know, they tried hard on the previous album. On this one, they were jamming, having a good time, and writing the most honest songs they could yeah. come up with. That's a good point. I mean, the soft parade was tough for them. It took nine months to record, 
And when you think like at the end of the 60s, that's a long time. When when bands like you know Zeppelin and Purple and Sabbath are getting albums out in a couple of months, you know, a nine-month thing. And check this out, it cost them at the time eighty-six thousand dollars, which is equivalent to six hundred and thirty thousand dollars today. Right. to record an album and it was such a painful process for the band but it is interesting don't you think that they kept the same producer because although they, they must have hated the 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 um the process for the soft parade as, as we've read about yet yet they've stuck with the same producer i just find it interesting isn't maybe it, it was a normally you'd say oh, we're not going to do that again I, maybe it was a contract thing maybe they were just mates and just said mate we did we 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 didn't like that. Shall we do something else? You yeah, know, yeah. Um, he, and he managed to, you know, to embrace the idea. Exactly. And I think, I think the fact they 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 sound like they jamming, uh, it makes the album just flow. You know, start to finish, and, that, and that's what yeah. I love about it. And yeah, you're right. About and that. and oh yeah, you mentioned your favorite song. You're going to be surprised by mine. Oh yeah, tell me yours. Go on then. Peace, frog. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good it. one. It's a good it's one. Funky. It's just not what I expected when I was listening to the album again. It was like, oh yeah, there's that song, and it's just <laughs> it is it's just it's weird. It's funky, and the bass and the drums are leading the song more than uh, in in more than in any other song in the album. So True, I like that. And it, there's like a a, a a symbol hit at the end, and it, and it, it leads into Blue Sunday. Yes, and it's like. The again talking about how unpredictable the whole album is the most unpredictable transition, yeah, with just one strong hair to go from Peace Frog, which is a funky up tempo vibe, into Blue Sunday, which is like, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, oh, brilliant stuff. I mean, poetry, a, yeah, it is a great album. I've really, yeah. really enjoyed listening to it. Um, and I want I to say, hear a monologue. Oh, yeah, well, I've got that ready, I'll do that now. Um but uh, it, it really does. You know, I say this, I, I don't say it all the time, but I do want to go back. I do want to listen to more of The Doors now, you know, especially that first yeah. album. I want to hear what they started as and how they ended in terms of just the albums. You know, there's stuff in the middle that obviously if I if I have time, I'll check it out. But um, yeah, um, excellent. Okay, here's my monologue. Here we go. So uh, I can't speak personally to how this album fits in with the rest of The Doors' discography, uh, having only heard their first one. But this really feels like a band back on form and writing great music together. And I just mean that, you know, all I've done is read that they didn't like the last album, things are a bit different, Jim Morrison's in the shit and in prison, and this is the music that we've gotten as a result of it. And you'd think with all that turmoil there and all the ups and downs, it would be not not good, but this really works. Um, the music flows seamlessly and what works so well is how the different stylistic features are interspersed from musician to musician at any one time. Morrison might be singing R&B lines whilst the guitar is playing blues licks and Ray Manzarek on the keyboard embellishing with psychedelic organ sounds. And this to me has created a really unique and distinctive sound that I associate with The Doors. The roots and base of the music is undoubtedly in the blues and rock and roll, but to have those other elements incorporated to such a subtle yet impactful extent really defines this kind of music for me. I hear blues, I hear psychedelia, I hear hard rock, I hear credence, I hear rock and roll, I hear R&B, yet beneath it all, what I'm actually hearing is the doors, and I'm looking forward to digging deeper into their back catalogue to discover what other gems they have. Brilliant. Yeah. It, it it really that last line is what is what makes it to me. I can hear and we I go back to the animals because we always I always go back to the animals when I make this point. They did everything that they could they did an R&B song that was as good as any R&B song before. They did a blues song that was as good as any blues song before. But and as good as they were, they never really, I don't feel they had their own identity to that extent. They could do everything so well. Whereas I'm hearing all the stylistic traits that the Doors have done. But okay, this song's a bit more R&B, this song's a bit bluesier. It's irrelevant because it just sounds like the Doors, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unique, distinctive. What a band and what an album. I mean, I have to and- say. One of the most rock and roll things you can have is a band that sounds like a unit, not like a bunch of musicians playing together. Yeah. The fact that they, they had a short career, didn't have time to change lineup, 
it's it's a big thing, you know. I mean, yeah. they they have their 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 own sound. Oh, fantastic. Any any other points you want to make, bro? Well, just the same as usual. I want everyone to listen to the album and uh, you know dig deep into into classic rock and compare to what we have nowadays as well. Mm. And I think it's just it's just like uh, this album. Yeah, same same thing as I said. Makes me feel like I, I need to listen to more of the Doors. Just um, and, just yeah. just sum it for me. I, I I know I ask you this often. I don't know if you've explicitly said it today. What is rock and roll about this album to you? Oh, wow. Stuff. It's. I think the fact that it doesn't sound like they go into a specific direction. Yeah, it's very freeing, isn't it's it? The freedom again they're, is the they're playing freedom. fast and loose with how they yes. write songs. The freedom of the songwriting, the high level of musicianship. And the poetry of the lyrics, yeah, that's what's rocking. Fantastic, there you go. What a perfect way to end it. Uh, well, thank you everyone for joining us for another episode on the Long Live Rock and Roll podcast. As we say every week, please find us on the socials and join in with the discussions. We're posting little clips now, a couple of times. Um, so in, between, in between two week episodes, we're posting two video clips with little quotes and sections from the episode. Get involved in the discussion, join in. Uh, what we'd really appreciate is a review. Come on, guys. We've been, we're almost at 50 episodes now. Um, we, we've been doing this. We're loving it. We're doing it with our own time. We're, we're um, what's the word, an independent podcast. We do all this ourselves. All the work goes in from just us two. So we'd really appreciate some reviews. Uh, you can do this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You literally just go to the show page, hit five stars, write us a little section, and that is going to help, help us you know, immeasurably because every review we get, we get pushed up the rankings in terms of, podcasts being interacted with so i can't stress enough how much um we would appreciate some reviews that would really help us and get us higher up the rankings um so yeah thank you again for joining us felipe any last words well uh yeah just support us download some episodes we we actually reached a, a really good number of downloads haven't we so that's I right yeah we... thank everyone who downloaded episodes like four thousand five hundred downloads that's last it, yeah, we i mean it's crazy because We've done this is so you, you guys are listening to episode 46 now, and we've done 4,500 downloads, which is a hundred per episode, which I kind of never thought we would we would be hitting this. Yeah, the, the fact that we that we'd started this is just it's just a uh, uh let's put it like this, we're just recording the normal conversations we have about albums, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a, we we we're doing this uh, uh because we we love doing it and we yeah. love listening to music, and it's been really so far great experience for me to um maybe it's like put deadlines into the things i want to do oh i really want to listen to the album now we need to record an episode about it so <laughs> yeah, you go, yeah exactly. i have to listen to the album so it's pretty cool uh um yeah to, to be doing this and it's an enjoyable uh um experience every single time and i'm really glad that people really dig it and people are listening yeah so thanks thanks for everyone and keep on rocking everyone yeah, that's good. You know, I usually end with my little line. I'll just say a quick thing that whilst, you know, we do appreciate all the listens, guys, we are, just like me and Felipe said, these episodes come from me and Felipe having conversations in the car. So I'd love it if you guys got involved on the social media. Come and discuss it with us. Tell us what your favourite songs and the albums are. Listen, tell us if you want us to do an album. If you want us to do an album that you think we've skipped over, tell us and we'll see if we can get in the diary. Um, but come, guys, be part of the discussion. Uh, join in. We love talking all things music, as I'm sure you know. So take care. And as usual, long live rock and roll. <laughs>